This is the International Education Marketing Podcast, a roundup of news stories and how they might impact marketing and recruiting for the international education sector. This is episode 89 of the International Education Marketing Podcast. I'm your moderator, Daniel Chatham, and our contributors today are Kevin Laxon and Lydia Johnson. Thank you both for being here. Really excited to hear about the news of the week and what you think about it. So let's turn it over to Kevin. Why don't you start us off? Thank you, Daniel. So the news article I found was actually published today, December 7th, and it talks about this new app or this new website called MetaApply. It's this new platform that aims to be the one-stop shop for study abroad. And it's called MetaApply, which uses an AI-based engine to recommend universities and programs to incoming international students worldwide. So after looking through their website, their main mission is to connect recruitment partners and students to global opportunities. This is through everything, like the whole application process, when they get here, like their housing, their finances, all the way to like their insurance and flight details. The main points of this article are, they talk about how it's already, MetaApply's already partnered with 150 universities worldwide across 30 countries. And they they basically aim to simplify the study abroad application process. And yeah, they believe that its uniqueness and its fusion with AI technology provides a person provides a human and AI technology touch in providing recommendations and support to international students. So this overall, this article really shows the growing role of technology in the field. And I would say that AI definitely offers advantages like efficiency and specificity for these international students searching online. But then there's at the same time, in my opinion, there's also concerns regarding transparency, like possible biases towards the the present partnered universities in the in this platform. And I think that there could be a potential loss of control for universities in terms of marketing their marketing their programs. I'm usually intimidated with new technology. So my initial my initial thought was also like, what are the possible ethical concerns? But I think that universities um, should stay up to date with this and be proactive and just be mindful for the potential biases in these AI algorithms when they partner with them. And I think that, yeah, as long as they advocate for the ethical use of it, it should be good for their institutions. I do think I have divided my thoughts into pros and cons. So I'll start with the cons. And I think that the cons of having this AI platform could be possible increased competition. So universities must, they have to adapt to this changing landscape and develop new marketing and recruitment strategies to leverage AI while also to control it. And then I think that platforms like MetaApply can target students with personalized marketing campaigns and also academic advising and career counseling, which I saw, which could sort of be a concern and reduce the um, the need for employees in the field of international education. But I also think that if the university finds a way to use it as more of like a, a sub, like that helps professionals in the field, that it could be an advantage and make the application process um, streamlined and easy. And then could also reduce the overall cost that professionals would need in the field and make it an easier process in the long run. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. AI is all the rage right now, and we're still trying to figure out what it is and how to use it. 
And if you wait five minutes, there'll be a brand new AI system introduced by somebody somewhere that does something cool. So this is a really fast moving place space. I'm doing some research into AI policies and, and how to incorporate AI into the curriculum, some of which has happened in our marketing and recruiting class this semester, and some of which is going to be introduced in the management course next semester on as a as an AI-driven character that we can interact with to learn about intercultural management and situations involving multiple cultures. So yeah, it's a fast-moving landscape. I understand, Lydia, your article also touches on AI, so why don't you share that with us? Thank you, Kevin. Yes, so my article was titled, LearnCube's AI Assistant Heralds New Era for Language Teachers in School. Schools, it was published on um, eLearning Industry, which is a website that is just dedicated to eLearning platforms and software as news and updates, um, which is really interesting to me, um, especially since our program is online. So LearnCube is a virtual classroom, virtual classroom software platform. Uh, that's available for teachers and educators. They market themselves as such. And the article focuses on their new AI assistant, um, which was just released in its beta stage last week. Essentially, this AI assistant is designed specifically for language teachers, which I thought was a really interesting touch. It's completely programmed for those types of activities. But it's supposed to, it's designed to help language teachers create exercises, homework, practices that specifically are tailored to student learning objectives. The article breaks down the purpose or the, the, the objective of the, of, the, of the assistant and how it was designed. From what I understand, the creators or the LearnCube's design team modeled it after ChatGPT. They mentioned that they looked at a lot of different AI softwares and found that ChatGPT was the most consistent and accurate when it came to, I guess, creating language-related exercises or activities in that realm. But the Learning Assistant, it helps teachers create exercises, practices, homework, materials based on what the teacher inputs so they can choose the, for- the foreign language, the subject that they are, that they're teaching or that the classroom is targeting, the learner levels of the students. And I couldn't see the full drop down menu in the article, but I think it goes from, it, from what I know about language learning, I assume it goes from beginner through probably intermediate or advanced. So they can choose their tar- target language level of the, and then they can highlight key vocabulary terms or learning objectives. So if it's it's grammar terms, if it's, if it's certain vocab words, if it is focusing on sentence structure, if it's focusing on listening practices, and they'll put that into the system. And then the assistant will generate an exercise based on those inputs. There's also an area for teachers to put in their, um, like additional context. So if they say, I want an exercise that, that a vocabulary exercise that focuses on that takes place in a restaurant and create a dialogue that my students can practice that takes place in a restaurant. The AI system will help generate that. I really enjoyed this article as someone who is a language learner and who uses Duolingo, which is another e-learning program that incorporates AI. However, I, as someone who is always a little bit hesitant around the concept of AI, particularly in classrooms, I'm curious to see how, how effective this re- this type of tool or this type of assistant could really be for teachers and their students. I think for helping teachers create 
or personalizing the teaching experience for their students, having an AI, an algorithm that will essentially be growing and learning and adapting to their, to each student or each classrooms, depending on how it's, how it is used needs is a very, very interesting concept as educators don't always have the capacity to create every assignment for each student, even in a, even in a smaller classroom setting. However, when it comes to language learning, I think one of the joys and one of the necessary elements is, is that human side of it, because language learning involves so much nuance and culture and cultural context that an AI program may not always be able to, may not immediately understand or be able to provide, even though that, even though LearnCube's AI programming is just an assistant. It's meant to be a tool that teachers use but do not depend on. Uh, I don't foresee how far its usefulness could go in language teaching. Although, again, especially in e-learning, I think its incorporation is inevitable. I don't know if it can cover all of the best aspects of language teaching and learning. Sure, sure. Well, let's dive into these two articles. Obviously, there's quite a strong relationship between them. There's obviously a distinction here between one of them being between one of them being a service to students who are building an application and one of them being a service to students who are actively learning. I'm wondering about that idea of personalization. I have to ask the question what what level of personalization is appropriate? I think you've made a good case, Lydia, that personalized learning is really important and we have potential. But let's look at the outside. Before students get to the program, how about personalized coaching and support? Kevin, what are your thoughts about the idea of AI-driven coaching and this kind of admissions prep service? That was actually one of my, like when I was thinking about the next steps to be taken, I think that we should, like professionals in the field should always focus on the human touch. And I don't think that we should ever rely on AI to be a sort of replacement for counseling or coaching. I personally attempted to download an AI app for mental health counseling in the past, and it generates a personalized motivational advice every day. But then I think it's important to remember that human interactions is essential in building trust and relationships, um, especially with students. And this personalized touch will always um, ensure a better experience for students. So I think that rather than having an AI counselor, it should be just used, as I said before, as leverage for the counselors in the field. So what are some of the marketing implications of of these two things? If they're representative of things that are happening in the industry, there are tons of AI-driven and AI-supported teaching aids already and being developed, and there are tons of AI-driven coaching, servicing, counseling services that are already out there and continue to be developed. So what do we think from a a marketing standpoint around international education? How do we react as marketers? Like I said, I do think that the incorporation or the inclusion of AI in learning as a whole, but obviously, especially in e-learning is inevitable. When we talk about the new normal alongside the COVID-19 pandemic, I think that a lot of learning taking place in virtual settings or just further dependence or incorporation of virtual tools is a part of that. From a marketing standpoint, I think that it gives marketing and recruitment teams an additional layer of like, here's what we can offer. 
For example, the LearnCube AI Assistant is designed to help teachers offer a more personalized experience to their students and take that load off their plate, off of their workload, so they can dedicate more time to other activities or to to other forms of assessment in the classroom if they can say, okay, this week's homework, I know that the AI assistant is going to help me create it. I have more time to plan the curriculum for next year or go through these assignments. I think AI tools can provide educators and administrators a bit of reprieve or additional support in, in their operations, in their classroom operations. And I think that that's something that may make organizations that include those tools much more appealing. And then also, if you're a potential student or a potential potential participant in this organization, we can say, well, you know, on top of the teachers that are experts in their field, you also have access or you're also getting support from this AI tool that is just like you have a relationship with your teacher, you will also have a relationship with this, with this, with this program. And that may be something that they have access to throughout the course of their matriculation or throughout the, the time of their participation in the program. So now it's like, I have double the teaching and learning support that is more or less targeting and tailored for me. Now I know that my success is prioritizing guaranteed in a way. So are you saying that a school that invests in AI-supported teaching will have a competitive advantage over schools that don't? Yes, I would say that. I like options. And I think ensuring people that they have options and that the options that are available to them are all in their best interest or are all able to bear, to help them secure their long term. I think that that's definitely a more competitive edge. And then to me, it would also indicate that this is a school, this is an organization that has its pulse on what is current in technology and development and is doing its best to include that. Sounds like it could be an arms race. I wonder, Kevin, if one school does this, other schools will want to do it, but not every school can. Not every school can afford to make the investments in their own technologies, and the private sector will respond by selling those services to schools. So again, if you have money, you can outsource it to third-party providers. If this continues, how might it affect international education. Maybe there's an equity issue on the horizon. Maybe there's some other outcome. What do you think? Well, I kind of agreed with Lydia and how, of course, it's an advantage. Like it's something that enhances the office because I was thinking like it could potentially automate routine tasks in the office, such as like application processing. And then like Lydia said, you could focus on the, the personal the, the personal touch of your your job description. For example, if the AI already focuses on routine tasks, such as application processes, you as a, a coordinator for, could focus on the orientation programs. So I do think that it is an advantage. And I think because of what you mentioned, there could be potential like equity concerns in the future, but then it would be equity concerns for the universities. But I think for the students, it would be kind of an advantage and it would be more equitable like for them to access this information, if they use it, if it's like an online platform, then it would make information more accessible to different, to like a more diverse set of people. Do we need to care more about the market segmentation anymore? I do think that 
AI always seems to miss, well, as of now anyways, AI always seems to miss like a personal detail. And mm-hmm. it's because it only produces information that they gather online and they don't mm-hmm. you know, necessarily have information that you can get from interacting with people through conferences or workshops. So they would miss some important detail in terms of market segmentation or like target audiences. Mm-hmm. I'd also say AI algorithms can kind of be manipulated or tricked. Like I'll use myself as an example, at least through social media, like Instagram and Twitter are both very algorithm driven platforms and they respond to things that I've searched online or things that, you know, the kind of tweets or posts that I interact with. And after a while, they start trying to show me posts that match that. But if I started looking at just very random posts that really aren't that interesting to me, then they start overproducing, overshowing me something that really isn't in line with what my interests are, my values are. And now it doesn't appeal to me, it doesn't work for me. Versus Daniel, if I tell you, I'm very much interested in this aspect of international relations. You know, I'm very much interested in anti-racist pedagogy and international relations. As my professor, as my colleague, you know that that's a topic of interest to me consistently. And you can find and identify resources, readings, exercises, what have you, that are directly tied to that interest. But an algorithm, it can't ask me, you know, are these exercises working? It can't ask me, you know, do you want to move on to a different topic? It, it can't assess for that. Something that having the human involvement will always be able will, will always have the advantage over when your professor knows you or or knows what your or can see what your strengths are then they are able to help direct you or invest in you to build on them rather than just mm-hmm. bringing you to like numbers and letters that or data that it gathered to add to what Lydia said about AI never replacing that personal touch, I do think that something, you know, even if there's already an AI-driven education or AI academic advisors, AI admissions officers, I do think that people will always be needed in the office because AI will never be able to replace the sense of belongingness or sense of community that international students and all students need. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that mm-hmm. universities should learn to just leverage it and never see it as a replacement for people. Kevin, your point that they'll never be able to, that the type of community that international students especially need um, made me think that, again, like AI technology, it it can still be influenced by the biases of the people who program it um, and create it. And when those biases play out, when there's, if there's no one checking for them and assessing them then people are still harmed we we hear all the time about like facial recognition technology that impacts uh people with darker skin tones unevenly versus those with lighter skin tones because that's the kind of bias that was programmed into the tech into the tech so not being able to account for cultural nuances or having that again like that personal touch or just not being aware of it is definitely a disadvantage that I don't that I think will keep AI from becoming ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. To that end there are large language models being developed that center around different cultures and it looks like one day we I don't know how far out this will be but one day we will see culturally responsive and culturally centered 
generative AI systems that are built on different data sets and that do take into consideration the cultural backgrounds and norms of a place or of a community. And we will move away from a Northern Hemisphere, Western centric large language models that that are the basis for the generative AI systems that m- many of the schools and, and businesses are using. That is in the works. People, companies, and organizations are actively working on it. In the space of AI, if you wait six months, it could very well be here. I'm working on this character that I've been working on with a technology partner for a few months. And in the space of time that we've been working on this, already the technology has gotten so much better behind it that the thing we are building might be available as a single click by the time we're done building this thing. So it does move fast and we need to be open-minded and try things and see how they might work and then to be flexible as things change. We also need to be open-minded and creative about the policies around our use and Mm. be very proactive and exploratory and have an equitable mind around how and where we use these systems. So this is a really dynamic place. And I think it's probably appropriate as the concluding episode in this season's podcast that we talk about something that will reshape the landscape of international education, both as a delivery mechanism, according to Lydia's article, and also from the marketing and outreach standpoint, which was represented in Kevin's article. With that, we'll come to a close. Thank you both for contributing and for the vibrant discussion. We did it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, Kevin. If you would like to learn more about the International Education Management Program at MISS, please visit go.miss.edu slash IEM. That's go.miis.edu slash IEM. <laughs>